What's going on, guys? Mad Lab here. You are in the Mad Lab's main event breakdown, brought to you by the Mayo Media Network. Once again, this will be the last video uh, that you will see with this background, with this camera, uh, and with me in New Jersey. I'm going back finally to Orange County, California, late tonight. I will leave here probably around 5 a.m. to get there uh, at the airport at 7.30. My flight leaves. I land in California at 10.30 a.m. West Coast time. Uh, I'll be back in time for my live stream and the fight with my partner, who I haven't seen in a couple weeks. Uh, but we've been working like this just with the situation at hand. It's been a rough couple weeks uh, for the lab. So, um, you know, this is a really good card. It's a very interesting card from all angles, from a betting perspective, from from uh, a uh, DFS perspective, and just from the card in general. Uh, the matchmaking on this was was superior. I mean, just such good matchmaking. You don't see cards like this very often. You'll see a card where you know it's very top heavy, and all of a sudden it starts dwindling down. Every fight on this card is extremely, extremely live and extremely uh, well matched. Um, you know, and you know when you look at this main event, it's kind of comical because you have Chandler and Oliveira. You got Oliveira who's on an absolute tear, um, and then you have Michael Chandler who's kind of new, and everyone's like, "Well, why is he getting his shot? Why is he getting his shot?" You know, and the funny thing about it is when when Michael Chandler came in against Dan Hooker, um, I believe we were in Palm Desert uh, watching the fight, uh, me and Anthony, and um, everybody was all over Dan Hooker. It was Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker, Dan. And and I and I listened to people talk, and people were telling me, oh, you know, Dan. And I kept quiet because I, if I'm on the other way and everybody's one way, like I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And you know, that's for my subscribers. Uh, but I was listening to their rhymes and reasons behind them, and nothing made sense. But now that he won, and he won, he beat Dan Hooker handedly, um, now everybody all of a sudden uh, is on uh, Michael Chandler. You know, he's a good fighter, uh, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it just blows my mind that people think, analysts, touts, you know, fans, they think that the UFC is MMA. You know what I mean? Like, they think that's, that's it. When you think of MMA, you think of the UFC. There are other companies out there, guys. This is a guy who I've been watching for a very long time. He's he could have competed in a UFC years ago. This is a guy who honestly is he in great shape right now? Yes. Is he in his absolute prime? Probably not. You know, he's been fighting for a long time, but the guy's a tremendous athlete, tremendous wrestler, uh two-time belt holder in Bellator. Uh you know, I was at the fight where he lost it to Brett Primus. Um, he ended up getting some kind of a dead leg. His ankle kept rolling, it kept rolling, it kept rolling. And I knew right there. I don't care if you're a bad fighter or a good fighter. If, you got a guy whose ankle just keeps rolling. He has no stability on it. You're going to beat him. So he ends up losing the belt there. He ends up coming back, uh, winning the belt back. Then he loses the belt by by knockout. Um, but that knockout, if you really watch, it was a little, little questionable. Um, I think they stopped it a little bit too early. Uh, I think he did get dropped. I don't think he was dropped to the point where he didn't know where he was. He kind of turtled up. By the time he popped back up, the fight was stopped. I think it was stopped a little prematurely. Uh, but this is a guy who who is just a tremendous athlete, a tremendous wrestler, tremendous grappling, very good power, uh, compact in size, explosive, fast, um, very cerebral in the cage, very good for the sport, very marketable. And everybody just overlooked him against Dan Hooker, and it was just mind-blowing to me. It was literally mind-blowing to me. Um, so here he is, and does he deserve this shot? Yes, he does, because when you build up a resume like he has— it's not about 
you know, a proving ground at that point. You know, the guy was a champion. The guy has proved before some great competition. The guy has been there. The guy has done that. So when you look at does he deserve it? Yeah, he does deserve it. Sometimes you have situations where you will just step in and you will get an opportunity. And the guy's done everything that the company has asked him. You know, he came in and he was, he, uh, you know, he weighed in as an alternate. Uh, he's never said no yet. Um, he will fight anybody, you know, at any time. Uh, there was a question zooming around that he, he said no to the Ferguson fight. Don't know if that's true. Ferguson claims it is. Chandler claims it isn't. Um, but the guy has done everything that the UFC ha- asked him. He's, he's a company guy. Uh, and now he's getting his shot. Does Charles Oliveira deserve this shot? 1,000% he deserves this shot. Uh, he's deserved this shot for a while. Um, but how do I see this fight going down? First of all, let's look at the DraftKings prices. I think they're kind of insane, if you ask me. 8700 Oliveira, Chandler 7500 Obviously, we don't have a big current market uh, value to, to go off of Chandler because he is debuting. Uh, but if you want to just run it, you know, 100-plus points, one of one, he hit his current market value of 7500 one of one. You look at Oliveira, 8700 He hit 100-plus points, three of 10. He hit his current market value, 8 of 10. So he's hit the 8,700-point benchmark 8 of 10 times. That's 80%. That's, you know, that's something you really, you know, look in on, um, you know, because that's your chances right now, 80% of him hitting 8,700. So when you look at the paths to victory here, what do you have to do? Well, you got to go through the entire history of Oliveira to really understand what kind of fighter he is. This is a guy who's got an extremely good grappling. His striking has come in an extremely long way. Um, he's got two, you know, people look at him like, well, you know, he's not only a grappler now, he's got striking because he's got two knockouts recently. But if you look at his knockouts, if you look at those two knockouts after that, before, I mean, before that, I should say, uh, he's only has his last knockout was in 2014. So the guy, it's not like the guy's going to sit there and he's not going to be a knockout artist. You know what I mean? Um, he's a guy who, if the knockout is there and it, it presents itself, he will take advantage of it. Uh, but he's not a guy who's looking for the knockout. The guy's looking for a submission. He's looking to get you in a position where he can snatch something up, snatch up a neck if you get sloppy. That's just what he does. You know, um, so what I want to do real quick is I want to go through a couple of his uh, his wins on his, his win streak for you and just kind of decipher what kind of fighters that he beats and what kind of fighters that can beat him. So if you look at his last fight, obviously it was Tony Ferguson. He ran roughshod on Tony Ferguson, but, you know, what kind of Tony Ferguson are we going to get? Um, you know, I've never thought I would see a day where Tony Ferguson would lose two straight the way he did. Um, you know, so he beats Tony Ferguson by decision, but very decisively. Uh, Kevin Lee, he beats Kevin Lee by submission, you know, by, by guillotine choke. Kevin Lee is a good athlete. He's got his gas tank. He's extremely questionable. And he's a guy who tends to run himself into submissions. Okay, so if you look at Kevin Lee, this is a guy who has lost six times. He's been submitted three times. So right there, you can see he is susceptible, you know, to submissions. If you look at Jared Gordon, he knocked out Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon is a guy who can be knocked out. He lost four times. He's been knocked out four times. When you look at Nick Lentz, Nick Lentz was was KO'd by him. Nick Lentz is way out of his prime. You look at Dan, uh, David Tamer, submitted. The guy is a strict striker, has zero grappling. You look at Jim Miller. Jim Miller beat him when Jim Miller was, his, was in his prime, and now he comes back and beats Jim Miller at a time where he couldn't dial in what was going on with his body. He was out of his prime. He was trying to figure out this whole Lyme disease thing, so he ends up beating Jim Miller. Christo Giagos, high-pressure fighter, 
good wrestler, uh, but this is a guy who's extremely raw and just is not on his level. Uh, Clay Guida, another guy he beats. You know, Clay Guida, very high motor, good wrestling, um, but 20 losses, 10 of them by submission. He runs his way into submissions. So, you know, you got to look at the styles of people that he's been beating. Very good fighters, but there is, he exposes a certain element of their game that has shown a historical landscape of them losing that way. Uh, and that could be a very cerebral part of his game. That could be something that he really looks into and says, this is what I'm going to try to expose. And, you know, fair play to him. But there are these holes. He is beating these fighters that do have these glaring holes and these glaring ways that they're losing. How does he lose? This is a guy who I've seen him break on numerous occasions. I've seen this guy really, really just break. You can break him. You can, um, uh, you know, break his will, per se. You know, all you got to do is really put the pressure on him. If you put the pressure on him, um, he will fold. And this is just a fact. Uh, he did it with Paul Felder. You know, Paul Felder sat there and, you know, literally got on top of him and put it on him. And he shelled up like a turtle. This is just, you know, this isn't me giving an opinion. This is facts. I've seen him actually quit in the cage. Now, when you go back to Michael Chandler... You say, okay, well, you know, how does Michael Chandler win this fight? How does he avoid submissions? Well, this is a guy who in 27 fights, he's never been submitted. He's never been submitted. This is a guy who's, who's grappled and fought some extremely high pedigree guys. Um, you know, uh, very, very explosive on a feet. Uh, he's going to be shorter to the ground. He's faster. Um, he has a lot more power. Um, and he's going to hunt. He's going to put Oliveira on the back foot. It's just what he does. Uh, he did it with Dan Hooker, and he's going to do it with Oliveira. The thing that he's got to watch out for is he's really, really mind his P's and Q's when he's taking the shot or when he's going to get to transitions because that's what Oliveira is going to look at. He's going to look at for when he's dry. You know, when they're dry, he's going to look to jump on a guillotine. He's going to look for the neck. He's going to look for an arm. He's going to look to catch Chandler in submission. But Chandler is very, very cerebral himself. He's very intelligent. He knows what he has to do. He's got very good weight distribution, very good wrestling uh, and this is a guy who is going to be very mindful of what he's doing on the ground. Um, you know, I see this being a very, very close fight. I do. I see this being a very close fight. I think that um, they both have their paths to win. I just think that Chandler has the style that can break him. I really do. I think that Chandler has a style that can break him. Uh, and I think Vegas has this wrong. I think that Chandler should be the favorite. Um, I don't think Oliveira carries that power uh, that's going to knock him out. Uh, so he, I don't think he's going to have to worry about that. I think Oliveira has to worry about his power. Um, and I don't care if he's never been submitted before. You have to watch Charles Oliveira because if somebody's going to submit you, it's going to be him. Uh, he's done it on multitude occasions. He will just catch you and he will submit you. He's very crafty on the ground. I just don't see, if you look at the percentage in 27 fights, he's never been submitted. Um, you know, the, the chances of him getting submitted by uh, Oliveira are a lot lower uh, than a lot of these guys Olivier has been fighting. Uh, in a five-round fight, I just think as this fight goes on, I think Olivier is going to see, you know, DeBronx is going to see as the fight goes on, a lot of these things aren't working. Could be a close fight, but, you know, I can't get that arm. I can't get his neck. There's certain things that aren't uh, working. He's still backing me up. Uh, and I think that's slowly going to break him. Um, I think there possibly is going to be a finish in this fight. I think there's a very high upside that there's a finish in this fight. Um but which way is it going to go? Uh, you know, I don't think that Chandler's going to submit him. I find it hard to believe that, you know, Chandler's going to, unless he's super gassed at the end, I think he's got a better chance to finish maybe a ground and pound or a knockout. And obviously Charles Oliveira on the other side. 
uh, with a submission. But I do think Chandler wins this fight. Like I said, I think the DraftKings price should be flipped a little bit closer as well, and I think that the uh, the line should be flipped. So when you're looking at this with Michael Chandler at 7,500, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have company. You know, you're going to have a company with a lot of the pe- a lot of the people that you're picking on this card. So you kind of want to be different here. Uh, a lot of these people take the same exact cookie cutter approach. Um, I am taking a completely different approach, which I put in my over an hour long podcast to my subscribers, because these are this is how you win GPP tournaments. Uh, if you're going to take the same cookie cutter approach as everybody else, and 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 you know throw in your dogs and then do this, and you're just going to either have a, a tie. Um, you're going to be, you know, at the top branch with a bunch of people or you are going to uh, lose with everybody else. So I'd rather lose in a small quantified section of people that have the balls to do what I'm actually going to do this week uh, than go into a big group of people and say, you know what, this is the chalk. This is what everyone's playing. These are all the dogs that people are playing. Uh, and, and, and let's see what happens. Uh, sometimes you got to take stances, uh, you know, and sometimes you got to just run with your gut. And this is a, a little bit new kind of a setup that I'm doing for this card that I'm standing firm with. So if you do want to check it out, you know, come over to the MadLabMMA.com. We have a special that we're running, $29.99, uh, for the next 30 days. Uh, which is less than $10 a card. I mean, it, that, that's crazy. With all the content you're getting, you're getting, um, you know, the, the full breakdowns, DFS, wagers, live stream, podcast, Discord, uh, fighter metrics that we just threw in that's new. You get a, the fighter metrics for every single fighter, um, you know, from soup to nuts, just everything, the private pod, everything we have, you're going to get for 30 days, $29.99. Uh, I, I believe this expires on Saturday. So definitely, definitely the madlabmma.com. Uh, jump in and, and give us a try. Um, so, you know, when you look at the price here, you got 8700 for Oliveira. Um, and you, you can't ignore that, right? When I just got done telling you his, uh, you know, his uh, current market value hitting at 80% clip, you can't ignore that. Uh, this is a guy who absolutely can win this fight. Uh, so you do want to have shares in. Michael Chandler on the other side, you got to go for the value. When you're looking at these bets and you're looking at these these DraftKings, you know, prices, sometimes you're not always looking at the fighter that's going to win. You're looking at the value. What kind of value am I getting uh, for him? And Chandler is intense in crazy value at 7,500. Five-round fight uh, against a guy he's going to have to motor against. He can't sit back and let Charles Oliveira dictate this pace. That's the way he wins. He need, he knows he needs to push forward. He needs to stalk him, mirror him, trail him, and just get on top of him and don't give him room. So that he's going to be active for as long as this lasts. So, you know, Chandler wins. He easily covers value. That's my opinion. So my hedge weight on this, believe it or not, is I'm going to go a little bit heavier on Chandler. I'm going to go 7-3. Those of you that don't know my hedge weights are, you can go check. You'll see that on the site. I have my own system with hedge weights on a percentage sliding scale. Uh, so my hedge weight on this is going to be uh, 7-3 uh, Chandler. As far as the wagering aspect of this, um, there's just way too much value in passing up Michael Chandler at plus money. Uh, so I do have a bet on Chandler, um, and I think you should as well. I think he's a very good bet. I think it's a value bet. I think this line should be flipped. Um, so I was not passing it up. I don't know what it's going to close at. It might close even money. It might close you know, Michael Chandler minus money. Um, but if it ends up dipping even more, I will probably hit it again. Uh, so I will be taking Michael Chandler in this fight. I think this is his fight to win as long as he stays safe. I hope you guys have a fantastic Saturday. Enjoy watching the fights, and I hope you guys cash. I'll talk to you soon.